Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. go house band you guys were very energetic today you know one of the things I appreciate about this church is that uh, before I came here I started singing songs I didn't know and um, you know when we were gone from the pandemic and then we came back and finally when we were able to reincorporate music again I was like oh I forgot about that song <laughs> it's a good song so it was great to be able to sing songs that I kind of know but don't it's good to be challenged. Let's go ahead and begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Today, Lord, it's a special day. It's Celebration Sabbath, and we just ask, God, that you will be with us. Lord, above all, may you be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those of you who maybe this is your first time being here on Celebration Sabbath, uh, generally, normally, we would have people, our groups come up and we would share some of our experiences. Now, what we've done is we've condensed that into uh, the video format because, you know, telling us to please don't be so bunched up together. So um, we're going to share that, and I'm going to give a few thoughts about what we learned. But before we even um, go there, I want to just look at a quick Bible verse. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Okay, I'm going to share a few things before and after. All right, let's just go there quickly. All right, we all there? Ephesians 1. I was reading this last night, and it came, came to mind, and I just wanted to share it with you real quick. It says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering that you are in my prayers. And what's interesting about this is Paul, he hears about the Ephesians, and they're being faithful. He's giving thanks. He's praying for them. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelations so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power of us who believe, for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in, that, in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I love this passage because it exemplifies what we've basically been doing for the last five weeks of learning how to pray for one another. Paul, he hears this group, he exhorts them. He takes the time to write a message and include in this message the fact that he is praying for them, praying for wisdom, 
praying for their well-being, praying that God will use them to be able to build up the church. All the things that we should be doing, whether for our family, our friends, our church family, and even those that we're trying to reach to, those that are unchurched. Now, the first part of our journey in the last five weeks was realizing that uh, we all ministry is based in relationships. Not just in ministry, but in your life. You are surrounded by people, unless you choose to not want to be around people. Uh, but, but ministry is rooted in relationships. And so when we look back, we find that Jesus, who did he invest his time with most? The disciples, right? So he, they walked along with them. They spent time. They spent three years together. Invest. Is that me? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so investing in time to being able to prepare his disciples. But not only that, he made many relationships with other people that he met in contact with. The outcasts, the sinners, the tax collectors, Pharisees, you name it. Jesus didn't hold back. So lesson one in this series was everything, and especially ministry, is related in relationships. Now, as we're going to go forth, we're going to share some slides and give the opportunity for some of our groups to share. So our first one is going to be uh, from, I believe it's Saturday's group, Sabbath's group. Okay, so I shared a quick slide in which it says at the bottom, it says, through fervent prayer, May God use your relationships to lead people into a saving relationship with him. All right. Thank you, Mario and Edwin, for and all of those who joined the group. I don't want to hurt your ears. <laughs> all right. The next week we then began, we began to pray specifically for four groups. First was the family. One of the things that we learned when it comes to family is, you know, our family knows everything about us, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? In fact, my family, again, just had to show up the one time I had to speak on family. But, you know, and, and by the way, I, I just want to say thank you. Um, my family was super impressed by you all, by your love and devotion to this church, but also just the welcome they did not feel judged. They felt like it was part of their home. So that's a testimony. Please take that. Thank you. Um, but, you know, our family knows who we are. We can't hide anything. Uh, family also has influenced us, both negatively and, and positively. And one of those challenges that we sometimes face when we're trying to pray for our family is maybe not all of our relationships have been good. There have been some painful relationships. For maybe some, we're still working through that right now. But your family has influenced you. And one of the things I think that we sometimes, it's hard for us to do is say thank you. Thank you for the hard times and the good times because your family has shaped you, made you who become who you are. There are lessons that you've taken along the way that I'm gonna take this from my family and have it continue in my family, and there's going to be other lessons maybe that you learn. I'm not going to re I'm not going to continue 
that line of thinking or that way of doing things. So the question that we sometimes ask, ask ourselves, or we should ask is, how has your relationship informed and also improved who you are? All right. All right, let's go to our next group. Hi, everyone. This is our Friday small group. And here right now, I have uh, Denise with me. So Denise, would you mind just sharing a thought or two on your experience uh, for this small group series? Sure. Um, this small group experience was um, really good for me. For a minute there, Satan kept trying to blow out my light and Jesus kept trying to turn it back on. And I was um, having a really hard time with it. And we started a small group and a lot of our, you know, members of the group prayed for us and stuff. Um, Johnny as well. We were um, attending the Friday night and it was a blessing because usually on Friday nights, we don't do the traditional Sabbath like we're supposed to, you know, usually we're off doing our own thing or just laying around doing nothing. But this small group on Friday night was really good for us. We really needed that. We needed to connect with Jesus and having a small group keeps you connected. Being in a small group, you, you're connected with God and with all your family um, from the church as well, especially with this COVID going on. So for me and John, it was a true blessing to keep us connected because we were kind of fading away. But now we're not. We're back on fire for God, which is a good thing. And thanks to the small group and the study that we did was awesome. Praying for those um, 12 people. It was a blessing for us, even though we're praying for them, we were blessed by it. So um, if you haven't joined one, I suggest you do. It's something that you will never not want to do once you start. So thank you. Thanks, Denise. And now here's Erlinda. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sabbath. Um, this book helped me see Jesus in a different way, in a more human way than um, than being Jesus, our Father, our Savior. Like this book really helped me understand relationships and how Jesus had a bunch of different relationships, like his relationship with his family, um, his relationship with his disciples, his his best friends, and. Um, it really helped me to understand how important our relationships are, especially the very last chapter of our non-church friends. Um, that hit home to me because our non-church friends really, I mean, sometimes we don't want to um, invade their, you know, their beliefs or anything, and we don't want to push Jesus on them. But if we show them a good example of who we are and let our light shine, let Jesus' light shine through us, then they'll ask questions and they'll be um, they'll be curious as to why we're so happy and, and but we don't drink or why we're so happy and we you know we don't do other things um, that the world is providing. Instead, we chose to follow Jesus, and so they might be curious about that happiness as well. And I've experienced that with my friends. Um, I've noticed I, I during my. Um, my treatments that my friends um, are praying a lot and my friends, we really didn't pray together, you know, and, um, and I've noticed that. And the more I talk to them about God, the more I'm receiving texts back about God and about their faith. 
So um, this book is really, it, it really helped me with relationships and understanding the love that we have for our friends, our church friends, our family, and, you know, our, our friends that are outside of church. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you. Thanks, Erlinda. Uh, just on my end, you know, I've, I've appreciated all of our conversations and journey together and sharing. Um, I will say this, though. I One of the individuals of my 12 people that I have been praying for, uh, you know, has, has had a hard time with their relationship with God and the church. But uh, recently, that has changed. And so I'm not going to get into all the details because I want to respect that person's privacy. But what I will say is the work that God is doing in that person's life um, has been very enriching to me. And to see God actively working has just been an awesome, tremendous joy to see. All right. So with that, that's our Friday group. God bless you all. We'll uh, see you soon. You know, in the last um, month, the last five weeks, as you've been praying, has there been any stories of change, you know, in that, in anybody in your group that you've been praying for? Or was it just me? We had a few, right? And so let's continue to pray for our friends and our family that God will continue to work in their life. Um, our next group that we prayed for, we started with family. Then we started praying for our friends. In that lesson, uh, it began with the story of a man, the man who was who had a couple of friends who lowered him through a roof because there was no space in the home that Jesus is at. Can you imagine the commitment of making sure this man's friends would make sure that he could have the best chance of being healed? You know, one of the questions that came out of that, that discussion, though, was, would you rather be the person who was being helped or be one of the helpers? You want to be one of the helpers, right? Why would you say being one of the helpers? Anybody? Okay, to be of service, right? How about, do we want to burden our friends, though? I wouldn't. To be honest, I would rather be one of the helpers. Also, sometimes it takes humility to ask, hey, I need help, right? But that's what friendships are for. We're there to be able to help build each other up, to be there in need. And so, yeah, one of the challenges is, hey, I don't want to burden my friends. You know, when we're also trying to minister to others, there's also, maybe we may have this fear that I don't know all of the answers in the Bible. I don't know every answer to everything. But guess what? Hey, we sometimes forget, that's okay. And you can always say, hey, you know what? I don't know, but I can get the answer for you. Just let me go ask somebody who knows. Sometimes we're more fearful about being, quote, not knowing. And you know what? When you look at all of the people that God has used in Scripture, were they perfect? Did they know everything? No, they didn't. In fact, if you even look at the the, the disciples, they still fumbled and stumbled and fumbled a little bit, even in the early church. And that gives me hope because anybody can be a disciple for Jesus. So 
Don't think you have to know everything. In fact, you know, would you rather respect somebody who admits up front that they don't know the answer to something versus somebody who tries to make up an answer and you know they're dead wrong? <laughs> Sometimes it can get kind of awkward, right? But listen, if we lead with humility and say, hey, I don't know, that's okay. And you know what? Pray and ask God, please help me to have find the answer for this person. So with that, love your friends, pray for your friends, continue to try to reach out to them. Let's go to our next video. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Thursday night's group. And so here I have with me uh, right now is Tomas. So Tomas, would you mind just sharing a thought or two on what your experience was overall of uh, this small group series? Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. It was a real blessing to be with my group and learn about how to disciple those people that are closest to us. Um, I enjoyed being able to learn with my group members. We had fun with the icebreaker questions. I enjoyed the opportunity to share and pray with each other. I learned that although we are fragile jars of clay, chipped and sometimes cracked, we become priceless vessels full of the gift of God when we let his spirit live inside of us. Uh, we become a light to those around us. He works with us to make new disciples. Um, I'm sure that those that participated can't wait for the next group study. But for those that have not had the opportunity to join a group, uh, make sure to give it a try. I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. Can't wait for the next time. May God bless you. Thanks, Tomas. And now we'll hear from Vaughn. Hi, everyone. Happy Sabbath. So um, after the first meeting, I thought to myself, this is what church has been all about. I thought it was about us going to church and trying to, you know, change ourselves, you know, becoming better people. And so um, what I heard was something I have said often. It's um, less of me, more of Jesus. You know, could you imagine what the world would be like if we could love like Jesus? And so um, when I was not going to church, and um, I would go to other different churches every now and then. And um, I would leave because I would be like, these people are crazy, you know, for different reasons that, you know, that I judged them and said, you know, they're crazy. And so um, right before I went back to the SDA church, um, the church that I was at, I felt like God was telling me, keep your eyes on me, not on the people. So what I found was that when I kept my eyes on people, I was robbed of the joy of the Lord. You know, and so Jesus simplifies it, you know, saying love um, God with all our heart and soul and love one another as ourselves. You know, I think when we love others, I believe our life will change. That's why less of me, more of Jesus makes more sense. So also um, when we were, you know, sharing our different experiences and reading the book, you know, what came to me was a prayer that I have read over and over and over again and it just means so much more to me now after doing this 12 people, because um, I, I think you'll understand what I mean. So it's his prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. It's Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that I 
I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. So that's what, you know, this means to me that, you know, when we take the focus off of ourselves and, you know, turn to the other and love them no matter what, you know, not only if they do this or do that, believe the same way I do, but just love them unconditionally like God loves us. I think that um, that is the, the whole key and things will just start changing, you know, but I know it's really hard because we have that simple nature, you know, in us, but that's why we have to have that conscious contact with God all the time and ask them what our next step is to be. So um, that's what I got out of the 12 people. I really enjoyed it. It was nice being with Pastor and Tomas and Lourdes and, and Mark. And um, I hope that all of you who haven't ever participated in a small group, um, the next time they come up, um, get involved. It, it, it's really a, a, a neat experience. Okay, that's it. Happy Sabbath. Thanks, Bon. You're welcome. Happy Sabbath, church family. This small group series made me think back when I first attended Downey Church. I understood that our God is a relational God, that Jesus wants to have a relationship with me, with us. He wants to get to know him, his goodness, faithfulness, righteousness, his mercy, and his great sacrifice. Once we know him, how can we not fall in love with him and not share the good news with others? At Downey, we spent time cultivating our church relationships, our church family. We got to know each other, encourage, and love one another. Things are different right now due to the pandemic, but this is temporary. We just need to follow Jesus' example to spend time with people. And after reading the book, I've been pondering on the following thought. Am I just a church member or am I a good representative of God with my 12 people and others? And I pray for God's guidance and continual growth. Thanks, friends, and God bless. Good question, Lourdes. Now you have me thinking. <laughs> our, our next group uh, that we were praying for is our church family. And one of the lessons that we, we took away was being bonded and united. When you think of being bonded, that, that sounds bad, but when you... But in Paul's definition, being bonded was having a purpose. What was their purpose? Part of that, well, is just continuing to share the good news. But also, they were bonded together because they had to be together not only to worship, but also to protect one another, look out for one another. They were in a time where it wasn't necessarily safe to be a Christian. So they were bonded with the purpose of sharing the good news, living life together, but also United and unite, being united means being rooted in love. So having the purpose of sharing Jesus with others, but being united in love. And, you know, sometimes, however, sometimes maybe somebody may have a bad day, or maybe they're just intentionally difficult, but more often than not, sometimes people may be just having a bad day and we may run into somebody, we're catching them at their worst moment. And, you know, when it comes to love, Love assumes that that person who's just, you know, maybe being difficult that day is just having a bad day. Maybe love assumes that, you know, the, the older person who's just cranky and bitter 
really is a teddy bear at heart. Have you ever met one of those individuals? You know, they may seem prickly on the outside, but if you genuinely love them, all of a sudden they turn into a big teddy bear. Well, the church as well is made up of a diverse group of people. We have people who have literally come from all different parts of around the world. Some of us speak different languages. Some of us are older. Some of us are younger. Some of us have just different life experiences. But together, as a diverse body, that makes us only more capable of being better equipped to share Jesus. So long as we can come together and love and humble ourselves and, in, and leading, be, be lean, let, being led by Jesus as the head of the church, all things are possible. So let's go to our next video. Hi, everyone. Happy Sabbath. This is our small group. Um, Janella couldn't come in today because she is sick, but we missed her greatly today. Our small group was mostly about us getting together, learning about discipleship, learning about one another. We had great conversations and we are so happy to start back again on Wednesday next week, women's ministry again. So please, anyone who would love to join, we are here at the church on Wednesdays at 6.30. So please, please come and thank you again. All right. The last group that we discussed was those of us, uh, those of our unchurched friends. Let me ask you, do you have friends? How many friends do you have outside of who are not in church? A couple? Many? Okay, good. How many of you maybe, well, don't, don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of you maybe you only your friends are at church? This means we got to meet more people. We're called to go out, and what better way of being able to make friends for those who are not un, who are not churched? Now, one of the questions that we asked ourselves was: Is our faith something that our unchurched friends appreciate, and is it real to them? Do they ask questions of you? Do they ask for you to pray for them, even though they may not even believe in God? Maybe they have a crisis point in their life and they're saying, you know what? I got nothing left, but you know what? Lord is a believer in prayer. Uh, Vaughn's a believer in prayer. I can at least ask them. One of the other challenges that we face too is that, well, in the past, unfortunately, the gospel has not necessarily been represented well. And people have a, quote, idea of what being a Christian is or what following God means. And and sometimes with that, we have to deal with stereotypes. And sometimes we may come across as somebody who's just trying to get something out of somebody. But truly to love, to, to, to minister or to our friends has to be rooted in love. And one of the questions that we also have to ask ourselves, too, is in, in reaching to our unchurched friends, is there anything that maybe I as an as a individual or maybe even as a church, we have to think about maybe changing because it might be an inhibitor, or uh, being willing to, to change to be able to bring more people in. Always, you know, we go by biblical principles, but how we minister practically can vary. But yet, God, it is God's great desire that we go out and we share the love of Jesus, and that we make friends with those who are not only our family and friends, 
neon church, but especially the unchurched. Let's go to our last video. So I thought this group was really great. Uh, we had a good time and a lot of great discussions in our group this time, uh, which was really good and really fun. Um, the thing that kind of struck me the most about this group was when we talk about praying for others, it's not just for God to do something, but it's for us to be involved with it and not just, you know, God, you go over there and save my friend or my family member but for our involvement in it. And that was the thing that really hit me most about this group. What we really liked about praying for others was being intentional about the people we chose to pray for, especially since we were limited to four or a total of 12. We usually pray for people in a general way, but to pray specifically for a person made it very personal and special. All right, this was a very awesome uh, small group experience. Um, going through the book, um, it was a really, it was a nice topic to cover about reaching out to various friends and family members and people outside of church as well as in the church. Um, it sparked a lot of um, interesting conversations. We got to talk a lot about um, ways we reach out and ways you know, we can show a love to others and be intentional and be compassionate. Um, we talked about friends, family, and the church itself. And so I really learned a lot about this. Um, a lot of the examples in the book um, were, um, they gave me a different perspective on the gospel, especially in the way Jesus reached out to others. And so this was a great response. So one of the big lessons that we've learned over the last five weeks is when it comes to ministry and especially praying for others, you know, ministry, you can't just put it in a box and take it out when it's convenient. In many ways, it's a lifestyle. We're, we've been praying for our family, our friends, our church friends, our unchurched friends. And, um, you know, that it's kind of forced us to ask questions about our faith and do we truly want to be comfortable going out and sharing the gospel with others, right? Yet, I believe that when we're faithful to God, all, th all things are possible. And we can start simply with prayer. It doesn't take anything, it doesn't cost anything to pray. And one of the challenging aspects maybe that you experience, especially like maybe with those who are closest to us, maybe you were praying for somebody that you've had a difficult relationship with. Yet, I pray that those, those relationships, those, those prayers will not go unnoticed, but that God will work in those individuals' lives. I pray that, folks, I pray that this small group series was not just a series that we've done and then we just put away. One of the questions I'm going to be asking going forward is, how's your 12 people? Because I don't want this to be the end of this series. And maybe we've just concluded this, 
get a new set of 12 people. And by the way, if you want to pray for more than 12 people, that's okay. Just ask her, Linda. She broke the rule and prayed for what, like 15 or 20? Yeah. <laughs> All right? It's good to pray. Find other people you can pray for for the next uh, five weeks or month, however long. Make it your own. And, and I, wanted, I want us as a church to ask one another, hey, how's your 12 people going? I'm going to be asking this question over and over. And I, I don't want it to be just something that goes, comes and goes, but a philosophy of our church. May we be a church that's rooted in prayer. So the last thing that I want to bring up, you know, God has called us to love others, right? So could we do something as a church to help somebody else? Yes. So for Christmas, we're asking you all to donate to a ministry. And it's very simple. Now, who is signed up for the weekly email? Okay. There was less hands than more people here. So if you haven't, email us at downychurch at gmail.com. Every Wednesday, we send out a newsletter. And in the newsletter is going to be, that's where we're going to get the first, we'll, we'll have it in other places that you can go to, but the first opportunity, check your Wednesday email, and we'll have a link there that you can go to to donate. We're going to be donating to Casa of Los Angeles. Anybody have any idea what that is? As of 12 hours ago, I had no idea what it was. However, I was informed, Bill informed me, this is the, the court-appointed special advocates. These are the, this is a minister, well, not a minister, it's a department, but we're going we're gonna to minister to this group of basically kids who, uh, who have no parents. And it's very simple, because guess what? All you got to do is click on the link, and you get to go to Amazon.com, and you can buy whatever. And if you look on the left, there's going to be a priority, high priority, medium, low priority, but there's opportunities, many different things that you can be able to buy, uh, whether it's from clothes, towels, toys, whatever, to be able to help children who have no family. This is one way of being able to practice love without any expectation, as we call it, the non-transactional love that we learned earlier in our, in our series. So now some of you just, I don't get on amazon.com. If you want to provide a check as well, we can also take donations, which we will also be able to, uh, to go uh, and give to that ministry. Bill, is there a particular place that we should tell them to go to, or we'll have that information next week. Okay, we'll have that information for you next week. All right, let's Downey Church be an op a place of love and grace, but also help those in our community who need it. Amen? Amen? All right, lastly, I know we are 10 minutes past. I normally never go this far. However, we don't have a potluck, but there are some goodies on your way out. We want to thank Maggie and Victor. Thank you so much for being able to provide the deliciousness that is going to occur in a few minutes. So uh, if you see them, you know, maybe, maybe not shake their hands, but wave hi and say thank you. All right? Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to have studied the past five weeks of how we can love our 12 people better. Lead and guide us, Lord, as a church. And may this 
as, as we've discussed, not just be something that we've done and then move on, but Lord, that it will become a philosophy and a way of life in our church, that we will continually be praying for 12 people. Be with our family, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for this beautiful church you have brought together. And may we continue to be the hands and feet for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everybody.